This is the Fantasy Fast Track with Brandon Funston and Brad Evans. Ready, set, go! This is the Fantasy Fast Track Podcast. I'm Brad the Big Noise Evans, joined by Senior Fun Buns, Brandon Funston from The Athletic. And it's week two, main slate time. Hopefully you're not buried too deep in a Terry McLaurin dug hole. As uh, he had a massive game last night on Thursday Night Football. My boy Taylor Heineke showing out as a passer, not so much as a runner, uh, which hurt me in the old pocketbook, fun buns. But it's time to get it back, and it's time to look ahead now to the rest of Week 2. Let's put our huevos on the chopping block, my friend, uh, and have some huevos gigantes here. Give me your boldest prediction on the rest of the slate for this week. Oh, baby. There's, I'm going bold. I'm going 85-plus yards and a touchdown for Mr. MVS Marquez Valdez-Scantling. <laughs> going up a uh, defense that you lovably like to call the Hello Kitties, and they are more uh, they are more meow this week without their one of their top corners, Jeffrey Akuda, former top five overall pick a couple years ago. Um, he is out for the season. Uh, MVS, look, the reason I'm saying 85 yards and a touchdown, if he scores a touchdown, it's pretty much 85 yards automatic. Yep. I looked at seven of his last eight games the, that he scored a touchdown in. He had 85 or more yards. He's a big play guy. So I think there's a 40-plus yard touchdown pass coming. I love that he had eight targets last week. It only worked out to three catches. But this is a much softer defense, as I've already mentioned. And I think this week, with that kind of work, it's going to result in a big player, too. Two notes on this selection. Uh, one, uh, Daddy, love it. Because mm-hmm. I have the over on 38 and a half receiving yards locked in on MBS. <laughs> so I'm with you there. <laughs> and number two, uh, I think it's a really shrewd projection. Uh, because he was top five in total air yards in week one. He had 150. Yeah. And, you know, that was just a miserable, pathetic performance by Aaron Rodgers. And you know he's going to snap back. You know, prime time, Monday night football, at home, and it's Detroit. Down to Cuda. I, I'm 100% with you on that one. So, uh, And we have him plugged in on our League of League lineups. Uh, I don't know if you knew yeah. that. Uh, MVS. Oh, I, I flexed him. We I better. flexed him. Yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, another wide receiver that I like that may be under the radar for your fantasy purposes because he started in less than 5% of Yahoo leagues right now. How about KJ Hamler? I'm going to ham it up here in week number two uh, going up against Jacksonville. You know, they're kind of Hello Kitty-esque in their own right. The clawless cats of Duval County. Uh, I'm not going to go as bullish as you on MVS, but I'm going to say at least four catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, filling those ginormous shoes of Jerry Judy primarily out of the slot is where he's going to line up. And he's also going to draw Tyson Campbell in coverage in those situations. A man who gave up a perfect passer rating to his week one assignments uh, of the Houston Texans and as well 4.44 yards per snap fun buns. Uh, no cornerback gave up a higher yards per snap rate than one Tyson Campbell. So KJ oh. Hamler going to be oinking. Uh, all the way to the bank. Tyson Campbell gets the Mr. Yuck sticker for the week. Yuck. Yeah, well, and uh, we will not be uh, yucking and sucking this week. It's KJ Hamler and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. With our bold predictions in the books, let's get to it with today's Fantasy Five. Number five. All right, as always here on the Friday episode, uh, as a look ahead, we are going to try to push you off the fence. Uh, You know, we're not going to dive 
crazy deep, uh, but we're also not going to be playing in a shallow puddle of water uh, when it comes to player pickums. It's a three-pack of players. You simply pick which one you think is going to have the better fantasy performance. And, you know, we're catering this to the, you know, maybe the 10-team or the 12-team or some of the 14-team leaguers that are out there. So let's do uh, this at running back first. Here are your options, Fun Buns. Damian Harris at the New York Jets. Miles Sanders at home against San Francisco. Or DeAndre Swift, assuming the love muscle, his groin, is going to be intact and he is good to go Monday night in Green Bay. Half-point PPR league, who you got? Bravo. Well done. These are my RBs. 15, 16, and 17 currently on my board as we speak. So, well done. And I do have Damian Harris atop this list. I don't think that they can afford to put him in the doghouse uh, in this game against the Jets. And I do think they can get up, get a lead on the rookie, Zach Wilson. And I think that's going to benefit Damian Harris's volume in terms of carries. Again, I just, I mean, you can't bench Damian Harris for Ramondre Stevenson because he went out and did the same thing. And you can't give the ball to James White because he's the third down back. If you really want to lead your lead horse to be Brandon Bolden, I mean, he's been around forever. He never really has been. I don't think that's what Bill Belichick wants to do. So I think he's going to let him go out there and get some retribution this week. But I do like the garbage time or the passing game upside for both DeAndre Swift and Miles Sanders. And that's why I have them very tightly together here. I can't believe you're saying that in the same sentence. Passing game upside of Miles Sanders. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Well, he, here we what are. did he catch? Five balls last week yeah. or, or three balls? But but you look at what the Lions had to do and 15 targets to uh, – or what was it? 17 catches by combined by Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift against the Niners? I mean, DeAndre Swift had 11 targets alone. That's yeah. crazy. He had the most of any run back in week one yeah so yeah. look so, that that's where my my uh bread is buttered it's going to be deandre swift now you got to monitor the practice reports and you may have to monitor those uh, you know all the way through saturday and sunday to make sure he is going to be a-okay and going to go with that groin setback maybe listed as questionable but man they're going to be scoreboard chasing because you know that aaron Rodgers wants to wash away the bitter taste in his mouth and he is going to turn nuclear in this game, and I think it's going to be a similar script where you know Jared Goff is going to try to furiously attempt a comeback, and he's going to be checked down Charlie to his running backs. You know, Swift also had the most routes run of any running back in week one with 46. 46. Yeah, he, looked, he looked great. Yeah, he really did. I mean, I just – the eye test, he, he passed that with flying colors. I know, I know that he's been hurt with that grunt injury, but you wouldn't have known it if you were just watching the game and had no clue about it. Yeah, that's true. Look, I I do like Damian Harris. Uh, I do like Miles Sanders, but my vote goes to DeAndre Swift. And we heard Bill Belichick uh, interviewed earlier on Friday when asked about Damian Harris. He was like, well, uh, uh, we're going to we're going to stick with Harris. Uh, Yeah, um, we're on to Miami. (laughs) So uh, it's going to be a okay with all of these guys. I think it's a lucky seven situation. But Fonts is going to go slightly into the Patriot. Me? Uh, Yeah, I will play with one of those. Hello, kitties. Number four. All right, let's move on to our next player pick in the Fantasy Five, and let's uh, focus on the quarterback position. Here are your options, senior fun buns. Ryan Tannehill against your beloved Seattle Seahawks on the road. Joe Burrow in Chicago. Or Jameis Winston in Carolina, who is going to be the bigger road warrior this week, my man? Did you do it again? Did you get guys in succession for me? Let's see here. Really? Uh, I swear to God, 12, 13, and 14 on my list. Wow. It goes Tannehill, Winston, 
Burrow. So, I, you know, Winston, I think, is going to do much better in terms of the yardage. I don't think he can match his five touchdowns again. But the reason I like Tannehill is because I don't like that Tennessee Titans defense, and I love the way Seattle's offense looked. I think Seattle's hanging 28-plus on Tennessee. T- Tannehill's going to have to throw the ball, but I know they're going to go back to that game and say, what the heck went wrong? Oh, yeah, we forgot to, uh, you know, feed Derrick Henry early and then play off a play action late. And, you know, Mr. Efficiency Ryan Tannehill in play action, I think, can have some success against that Seattle secondary. So I think Tannehill's good for two or three touchdown passes in this game. He might run a little bit, which is always in his in his bag. So I have a slight lead over Jameis Winston and Joe Burrow here. Yeah, I'm actually going to go Joe Burrow here uh, because we know the vulnerability of the Chicago Bears defense. It's clearly the secondary. I wanted to gouge my eyes out uh, by the lack of coverage. It was like, hey, that guy's got leprosy. I'm not going to get anywhere close to him. <laughs> so they didn't. Uh, the entire game, 12.34 yards per attempt. Uh, to Stafford and company, and I think Burrow, as long as he's got clean pockets, uh, will just sit back there and unload down the field to Jamar Chase, to Tyler Boyd, who, by the way, is going to get Marquis Christian out of the slot, who gave up a perfect passer rating to his assignments in week number one on that assignment being Cooper Cup. Uh, So I I think it's going to be a bonanza vertically for the Cincinnati Bengals, and for that reason, uh, I've got Burrow slightly higher Followed by Tannehill, one spot ahead of Jameis Winston, though. Uh, push comes to shove. I'd probably go Winston right now ahead of Tannehill. Well, you know what? Can I – no judgment here? Can, is this a safe space? Yeah, it is. It is. As, as, as I was talking through my Ryan Tannehill argument, I wasn't convincing myself. I just moved Tannehill <laughs> to the bottom of this group, and Jameis Winston's now my number one. You know guy. what? I'm and- doing it too. I'm doing it too. <laughs> I'm moving Winston up. In real time, this is what Brandon and I do every single Friday. This is a, a more of a mental exercise uh, that we, you know, go through that's to right. sort and resort our ranks. So that's it. Uh, period. End of story. Ryan Tannehill, bottom of the barrel. Uh, he is going to go with Jameis Winston. I'm going to go with Joe Burrow. Period. End of story. All right. Let's move on. Number three. And we are indeed trucking along here. Let's go to the wide receiver position. And three guys that you may be undecided about this week, but Brandon and I have definitive opinions. Here are your three-pack of players. Uh, Devontae Smith coming off a monster regular season debut with 71 yards and a touchdown to get San Francisco. Dan Emanuel Mosley in that secondary. Chase Claypool against Las Vegas. Or Big Mike Williams against the Dallas Cowboys. And I kind of know where you're going here you you know one of these kids is doing their own thing as you if you know the old sesame street bit there but <laughs> the one is doing his own thing is the one i have in my top 20 this week and that's mike williams i loved what i saw in week one the 12 targets the eight catches eight yards i think he's loved the matchup against dallas you saw what tom brady did to the secondary and, you know, look, at he's in that Mike, Michael Thomas role. That's what they said he was going to do. And it showed out, caught a lot of balls that were closer to the line of scrimmage than he normally gets. He's normally a big average depth of target. But when we want consistency, we want him to be able to expand that route tree to be able to work closer to the line of scrimmage. And that was absolutely the case. So uh, I like the matchup. I love the volume. Uh, to me, he's a top 20 play this week. And I have the other guys in the low 30s at the wide receiver position. Yeah, it's all day, Mike Williams, for me as well. Uh, You know, coming off that career high in targets and receptions in a single game, as you mentioned, the Michael Thomas role within the Lombardi scheme, and that's going to continue. And here's the deal, man. Uh, You look at the Dallas Cowboys, you got no Demarcus Lawrence. Randy Gregory's on the COVID-19 list. Like, they may have zero pass rush in this game. 
And what's really also fascinating as well is that if you look at last week, you know, the Chargers went up against the Fighting Footballs and Montez Sweat and Chase Young, and we saw what they were able to do applying pressure on Daniel Jones at Thursday Night Football. You know, Herbert was only placed under duress on 12.2% of his dropbacks against that ferocious front. Yeah. So against a depleted front of Dallas, he's going to have all day to throw. So it's great news for Keenan Allen. It's phenomenal news for Mike Williams and maybe Austin Eckler. Herbert will yeah. actually one. <laughs> yeah, got re- to remember what he can actually catch the ball out of the backfield. That's a thing. So, yeah, hopefully they get reminded of that this week. Yeah, I think Big Mike, minimum 70 yards and a touchdown here and a follow-up to the breakthrough week one. Number two. All right, continuing on here on this Friday edition of the Fantasy Fast Track Podcast, another round of player pickums and another round of wide receivers. Here are your choices, hombre. Corey Davis against New England, Robbie Anderson against the Marshawn Lattimore-less New Orleans Saints, or Hollywood Brown. Uh, He was certainly living in Tinseltown in week one, and he's got that monster matchup against Kansas City. Pick your poison. I have typically just kind of been a guy that's just been down on Brown, you know, week in and week out. i Got to give the guy, I got to tip my cap to the way he looked against the Raiders in week one. I, I thought he looked very good. I love the shootout appeal of this game against Kansas City. And really, the matchups dissuade me from going Corey Davis or Robbie Anderson. We saw it with the Packers down early in that game. They still didn't get much juice going in the passing game at all. And they shut down, you know, the Saints shut down uh, Devontae Adams. Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantley had eight targets, but only could get three balls. So, that's got me leaning away from Robbie Anderson and only had the one catch last week. And Corey Davis, I mean, he was the clear go-to guy for the Jets. That's really all they have in this offense. And if Bill Belichick has one guy to think about, Bill Belichick has one guy he can shut down. And that's, I think, where I'm concerned about Corey Davis. So I'm actually going to go to Hollywood for this one. Uh, you know what? I don't disagree, man. Uh, you and I got to you know, drive down Sunset Boulevard and let's party uh, there in the Hollywood Hills. Uh, probably do a lot of cocaine. That's what I'm imagining. If I ever go to a Hollywood party, when, I, that's when in Rome, right? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I think it's just going to be a big coke fest. You know, that's that's what I'm 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 thinking. Uh, should I be fearing it? Man, maybe not. It could be a good time. Who knows? You only live once. Um, but you know, you look at the matchup on paper. Probably going to see a lot of Mike Hughes. Now, Mike Hughes was actually pretty good in coverage last week. He was targeted three times, gave up two catches for 21 yards. Uh, but Shavarius Ward struggled in coverage, giving up a 104.2 passer rating, 6.5 yards per catch. Legereus Sneed, who was shut down last year, gave up 15.3 yards per catch. So with a guy with the quick twitch and the big playability, and you know Lamar Jackson's going to have to throw the ball a ton, and uh, the ability to run the ball with the, what is it, a three-headed, four-headed monster of uh, Baltimore, uh, including Devonta Freeman, uh, to go along with Lamar Jackson and Tyson Williams and Latavius Murray, uh, having that kind of balance, I think it's actually going to help out Hollywood Brown. So, saw a sizable target share last week. I think it's going to be similar this time around. I think it's at least 65 yards. Good shot at a touchdown. And I'm with you there out of that thrice. Number one. All right, last group for you here. Uh, Let's go back to running back where we started. And there was a lot of conversation about this guy, so I think it's only appropriate that we toss him in to give you some perspective and idea of what our line of thinking is in our rankings. Elijah Mitchell at Pittsburgh, Daryl Henderson at Indianapolis, and we'll see if uh, Leonard can suit up in this game. Kareem Hunt against the lowlifes that are the Houston Texans. Who you got out of that group? 
Well, first, just a correction. You're on the wrong state, wrong side of the state of Pennsylvania. We got Elijah Mitchell going against Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, I don't know why yep. I wrote down Pittsburgh. Yes, Philadelphia. Yeah, you My were bad. you were in the, you were in a Pennsylvania. State yeah, of I mind, was. But, I was at the Keystone yeah. State. Just you know, I was uh, <laughs> living on the west side. That's right. Um, I'm going to go Elijah Mitchell here, and it's it's close with Kareem Hunt, and I have Daryl Henderson third, and he got a bunch of garbage time, you know, uh, rushing numbers last week, but he did not look good for about. Oh, I don't know, 55, 50 minutes of that game. Um, but look at Elijah Mitchell, I think, has another week of being someone that can push 20 touches. Uh, my problem with Kareem Hunt is I know there will be like milk clocking, clock milking time in this one, but he's going to have to split that with Nick Chubb. So uh, a little bit tougher defense for Elijah, Elijah Mitchell, but I usually discount the defense when it comes to 49ers ability to run the ball. I think they can run the ball against anybody. And so I will take Elijah Mitchell. Oh God. It's so close to my ranks. I've got Kareem hunt. I think one spot ahead of Elijah Mitchell. I got a both inside the top 20. I think it's because you have Kareem hunt scoring a touchdown. That's I don't exactly it. With, That's exactly yeah. it. I, I think he will get at least one TD. I think Nick Chubb's going to get two TDs in this game. And I think they're going to just blow the doors off of the Houston Texans early on. And, of course, you got the superior offensive line. Now, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt played on 47.4% of the snaps last week. He only got 34.6% of the opportunity share. Uh, probably going to catch a whole lot of balls. But this could be one of those, like, 10-carry games for him. You know, 10 for 55 and a touchdown. Maybe get, like, one to two catches uh, to boost the bottom line. So, for that reason, just the slightest of edges. By the way, Trey Sermon will be active in this game. Uh, Brandon, your thoughts on Sermon real quick. Do you think he's going to get, what, seven to nine touches? Yeah, I wouldn't go as far as double digit. Uh, I think, but they will give him a little taste of things. I think seven to nine is right exactly in the wheelhouse for him this week. All right, before we get out of here, any other spicy hot takes? Maybe a breakout player? This week, uh, maybe somebody you're looking to avoid, maybe a storyline that you're tracking, anything else that stands out to you in week two? Well, first of all, I love James White as a PPR play this week. He was solid last week. His his over-under prop on catches is three and a half. Over! I think he could could double that. Um, My other bold prediction was that that DK Metcalf was going to match DeAndre Hopkins by scoring twice against the Titans like DeAndre Hopkins did last week. I still feel good about that. I think DK Metcalf going to go absolutely ham against the Titans. So those are just two things off the top of my head I've been thinking about. I love everything Javante Williams this week. <laughs> oh, I do too. I absolutely love that. I cannot believe his prop for rushes was nine and a half. Yep. Uh, we do that on our show where we're going to go through each game and, and do a prop I like. I just copied from your list and put that on my list because I'm like, yeah, I can't give you Javante Williams to yourself. I have to get a little piece of that. Well, well. and it, what's even better too is that his rush yards prop on DraftKings opened uh, at 33 and a half, and it was so low and lousy of a line that they pulled it about an hour after they posted it <laughs> similar with the rush attempts uh we like and, we like to think that we're the influencers on that but uh yeah I, that was ridiculous that was ridiculous and if you're looking for another ppr play i kind of like cole beasley again man um you know cole beasley going up against miami uh and nick needham a player last season he went toe-to-toe against and he caught five balls for 70 yards you know and, and if you look at what he did in week one 13 targets eight catches yeah. 60 yards uh, COVID distracts or not, uh, vaccine yeah, it's, distracts it's anti-vax, or not. It's anti-vax kumbaya with him and Josh Allen. Uh, it really is. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, they're uh, they're catching – well, we, we're hoping they catch a syringe, but if he yeah. catches a ton of balls, I'll be happy too. 
uh, because yep. I took the over the four and a half catches for Cole Beasley. So some sneaky PPR appeal there. And that is a wrap on this edition of the Fantasy Fast Track Pod. Uh, please check out Brandon Funson on Twitter at Brandon Funson. Follow me there at Noisy Huevos. If you enjoy this broadcast, drop us a rating and a review, would you kindly? Best of luck in week number two. And until next time, adios amigos!